From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Alcantar talks to us about how starting a collegiate strength and conditioning program better prepared him for the job he has now, how having a mindset of being an educator can have a positive impact on the weight room culture, and how having a work history in sports medicine helped him create the ultimate relationship between strength and conditioning and athletic training and physical therapy. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces and everything in between play will collaborate with you to find what you need they work with everyone from professional teams to high schools and they've always made me feel important and a part of the play family refuse second best with play find them at play.us and let them know iron game chalk talk 2.0 sent you Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Jordan Alcantara. He's currently a sports performance coordinator at the at Loyola Marymount University. Prior to that, he was he had stops at West Coast Sports Medicine, Cal Poly Pomona, Francis J. Polytechnic High School, Lighthouse Christian Academy, University of Southern California, California, Mizuno Athletic Club, and Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Pumped to be here right now. Yeah, definitely. And could you tell us a little bit more about your role at LMU? Yeah, so right now I am uh, I train men's basketball, women's rowing, uh, track and cross country for men and women and women's tennis. Um, most of my time uh, right now, especially in the winter, the winter uh, season is for basketball since everybody else is gone. Um, so I pretty much oversee those four teams anything else that they need from me. Um, and then just the, the ins and outs of the weight room. Uh, there's four of us on staff. We have my, our director and we're, there's three assistants. So, you know, with four people in a weight room with 22 teams, it's, you know, we rely on each other to do, you know, all the little things. So there's no job big enough for anybody. Like we all fill the muscle milk fridge, uh, clean rack up weights. Um, whenever we have, you know, new teams come or, a new semester starts, we're all down there together to make sure everyone knows the rules and regulations. So it's a, it's a big team effort. There's not too many silos in our weight room. So um, I know it's pretty general, but at a smaller school like that, you have to really just kind of wear a ton of different hats as I'm sure, you know, yeah, no, definitely. And, and I, I think that's actually some really good advice and, and we're in, I mean, you've been lucky enough to go to many different places and we're along that line, best prepared you for that role because you know a lot of uh, maybe a younger strength coach might think hey I got my full-time job I'm gonna kick my feet up and and relax but it's like no you're gonna do 
is just as much work, if not more, you know, like stocking everything, cleaning everything and managing yeah. your, your teams. I think, I mean, for sure, when I was, was lucky enough to start the program at Cal Poly Pomona, which I, I was a, a graduate of, um, and then also working in the high school setting as well. Um, but I would say mainly, you know, starting off uh, at a program that was a division two where I was an athlete and coming back and starting that program and administration, you know, being open enough to allow me to start that. Um, and I'm, and I've heard other coaches talk about how much money they made when they first started. I think I was making like 800 bucks a month, maybe, uh, at Cal Poly Pomona because they didn't really know, you know, what a program really consisted of because the sport coaches just ran the programs themselves. So, you know, I had to pretty much create a weight room in a tractor shed that had wires hanging down from it. I mean, I had my dad come out and help me put racks together. Like it was really just kind of like a get down and dirty and just get it done. And it probably wasn't the safest weight room, um, but reorganizing it and cleaning it and, and having the experiences from like Mike Boyle and USC and even in the sports medicine realm, that all kind of helped me prepare to do my best to run a program for the first time. Like that was really my first paid job and I was in charge. And, and I'm sure, you know, most people who are listening to know, like you're not really going to get a head position, even if it's at any program from being an intern. So I had to really take those principles from like Mike Boyle, SC and my sports medicine realm and really try to create some kind of holistic program. And there was only 15 teams at the time. Um, and I was the only person I had no help. Um, I put an ad out in like the school paper to see if anybody was interested in just helping me be around to like set up, break down, right on the whiteboard. Like I had an office, but it was maybe 500 yards away from the weight room, which was on the track. So, um, I mean, it was, it was definitely, I hate using the word grind, but it was definitely just somewhere I was like, you know what, if I can do this and do this well, you know, hopefully I can have some skills going forward that you don't really get from an internship. Um, and my wife it works at Sony, Sony Pictures, and she's very good at all the logistical aspects of the entertainment industry. So she helped me. She taught me how to like put a schedule together on Excel, how to email coaches correctly, which is I don't think I really ever had to email anybody in an, in an internship. And, and luckily, my wife was able to teach me how to properly email a mass amount of head coaches and people of authority to make sure that things were clear, concise, um, especially starting a new program. So I know it's a long winded answer, but I would say working there helped me prepare, you know, to have more managerial skills, especially training a men's basketball team. No, definitely. And even though the strength conditioning profession is, is come along a long way, there are a lot of coaches that are, you know, finding themselves as the, the first strength coach at their school. And even in my case, I've been at MSU Denver for eight years, but I was the first strength coach and having to build that culture. What is one piece of advice that you give to that strength coach specifically that maybe you're at a high school or a D2 or a D3 or even, you know, at a school where you're the first strength coach and, and what's a piece of advice you'd give to that person? I would say, first off, take a deep breath. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone who has, you know, I just get so scatterbrained and so anxious and excited to get all these things done that I forget to focus on one thing. Uh, so I would say, take a deep breath, make a list of things that you have to do in a priority type of order, and then just attack one thing at a time. And, and I, and I've heard people on this podcast say before, if you don't know the answer, that's okay. Just go find out 
you know, from somebody else and just be humble in that and know that don't try to just fake it because you're supposed to know, you know, it's okay to ask for help. So I would say it's okay to ask for help and take a deep breath. And again, I know this has been said so many times, but just make that your big time. Like everybody wants to be at these power five schools, which is amazing, but make, make where you are the big time now. And I've heard that so many times. So I, I hate to be repetitive, but I think that is so true. Like you have to treat this like every day is an interview. I think, I don't know who said it, uh, like having an intern mindset, like you just have to not, you just, no job is, is too small for you, especially if you're trying to start something. And if you mess up, like, that's okay. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes. It's if you learn from those mistakes is how you can get better. So and I think when you're starting something out, there's not really a complete wrong answer right away. Um, and I think w- we as strength coaches, we just have to be right all the time because that's what people expect from us. Um, and I think there is some humility in knowing, like, if I don't know this, it's okay. But I really need to f- find, find this out to better the school, uh, have trust in the administration, and then obviously to better the student athlete. So. No, that, that's some great advice. And in your previous experience, not only have you been able to start an actual strength program, you've also kind of worked directly with like the sports medicine side of things. And how has that, how have you integrated the sports medicine side of things into your sports performance program? That That's probably been the the biggest plus for me as a strength coach um, and I don't want to brag about that because I know there's other strength coaches other that are ATCs themselves and PTs themselves. But working at a sports medicine clinic, um, which which is amazing, it's in Manhattan Beach, and it basically creates funding for for kids in the LAUSD system to get PT rehab, um, surgery, and all those things. So I was actually an athlete in that when I had a, a knee surgery in high school. So going through surgeries, going through injuries, and then going through this program as a student or as a student athlete, and then learning that language, interning as an athletic training student, being a PT assistant in this program, working up, going to massage school, learning all those kinds of things. Uh, Being able to speak the language of sports medicine has really been able to give me just a better, a better voice within, I guess, a whole performance realm at our school. Um, And I know sometimes at schools are silos of like, Hey, we don't go to the weight room. Uh, We don't go to the training room. Um, And you can ask anybody at LMU, I probably spend 70% of the time that I'm not in the weight room, in the athletic training room and with our physical therapist, because I want to make sure the things that I learned as a student in athletic training and PT, and then um, going through massage therapy school, like, are these things that I can integrate with my teams? And then, you know, how do I balance that to make sure that these kids are understanding and being educated on why we're doing these certain prehab movements, um, why it's important to go see the trainer. Um, you know, I think there's a big fear of if I go to the trainer, I'm just going to get shut down. Um, so learning like, Hey, I need to work with the athletic training department and the physical therapist to know that if you have an issue or an ailment or some asymmetry, you have to get it handled through them. And because I can be, uh, a glue for that, I think it allows some of the student athletes to, to have more trust in our program as a whole. And then the, the, the athletic trainers know, hey, you know, the coaches at LMU or the coach in the weight room, they, they respect what we say in our realm and they utilize it in the weight room. You know, not just because we saw it on some other programs, like, no, these are things that our athletic training staff 
harps on, whether it's glute meat strength, uh, I don't know, hip, back, any, anything that, that they have to deal with, if we can communicate that with them and put that into our programs, I mean, that's just going to benefit the student athlete. It's going to bring our medical costs down and it's going to just create a better working environment for both staffs. Um, and I've been, I've been lucky enough to be able to do that with our staff. And, you know, I think I've gained a lot of trust with them knowing like, Hey, you know, we can create something within our strength program that the athletic trainers can have a say in it and feel like, Hey, I, I'm getting what I want done in the training room, in the weight room. And that's going to lessen my load. And then I can focus on something else instead. So again, like it's like a checks and balances kind of deal and just making sure that everybody's taken care of. You know, I think we've always have been instructed to try to maintain that relationship with sports medicine, but there's still, I don't know if it's a stigma from both ends, you know, of, of who we are and, and what sports medicine does. And I think that's a, a great thing. And uh, what made you, I mean, you said you're an athletic training intern and even a, a physical therapy assistant, massage therapist and all that, like what, directed you to be like, all right, I'm still going to go sports performance. Got a lot of respect for you, but I, it wasn't like, what was your calling to sports performance over being like an athletic trainer? Honestly, I had a, I had a, we had an athletic training program at my high school and I don't want to speak ill of any athletic trainer, but, but this, this late, this, this woman that I worked with who I was very close with, who actually helped me rehab in high school and teach me how to get stronger, uh, she was a RKC certified at that point. So she got me into that. And I know in that world, there's a lot of PTs and ATCs that do that. Um, and she said, you know what, based on your personality and what you and I have been working on and just, she, she's, she'd known me for so long, you're probably better suited to be out being more energetic than maybe in a clinic or in a setting where you're not going to be as, I don't want to say hands-on, but just you're not going to be as involved in the trajectory of someone's growth over time athletically. Um, I don't want to use the word bored. She's like, I just think you just might get bored. And I think you need, you're, you're somebody that wants to go out and just be active in that. Um, and from then on, like she kind of sent me some old YouTube videos of just like, you know, when, when strength and conditioning videos first started coming out, maybe like in the late nineties or early two thousands, I just, she just started sending me that. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. This is pretty cool. Like I just, that energy and that atmosphere, I was like, I want to still be a part of a team, even though I might not be on the team. And I, she's like, this is something I think might be better suited for you. So it was that, it was that woman that pretty much pushed me. Like, I think you are better suited for your personality to go in that direction. And I think it's important for you to still understand what, you know, a clinic or an ATC has to do because that's only going to make you more well-rounded, you know, for, your student athletes or for whatever job you decide to take. Um, and she, and she was right. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's, that's a good story. And at least you had somebody there to be like, Hey, I think this is it. I mean, go find it on your own, but maybe you should look into this. And it's always a good thing to have somebody there. Yeah. I, I was gung ho. Like I'm going to be an athletic trainer. I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do PT. I'm going to do both. I was so gung ho. And she was like, just let's pump the brakes for a second and let's reevaluate really what that means to you. And I didn't really know because all the only thing I had, I had any visual access to was her athletic training program at our high school. So that's all I, that's all I knew. Um, I didn't even know that strength and was even a thing 
really. And so she kind of was like, Hey, this is maybe something that you should look into. And I was like, okay, why not? Yeah, no, absolutely. That that's, um, that's great. And you know, what's some advice that you'd give to the younger strength coach. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before and I try not to romanticize what we do at all. Like it's, it's cool that we get to wear our, our cool, you know, Adidas or Nike gear and be on the sideline. But there's a lot more that goes into what that strength coach is doing or to get to where they were. So what's advice you'd get to that strength coach that's maybe just getting out of an internship or out of a graduate assistantship that's, you know, in the thick of our toil of how we go about our way becoming full time? Yeah, I would say, first of all, just be available. Um, I know being a yes person is not always what people want. Um, but I think when you're in that role, uh, being available, saying yes, asking a ton of questions and just taking a step back and understanding that you're going to be working longer than other people that are maybe in your circle. Like I had, you know, old teammates from college are like, how are you still working for free, man? You're 26, 27 years old. How are you still working for free? You're still living at home. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And this is what it ha- this is what it takes. And I think if you, if you take that mentality from interning and take it into your paid position, then you'll be fine. Um, and, and, and we do this cause it's fun. So like, I think you need to find joy in what you're doing. Like even for me now, if I'm going to stack the muscle milk fridge, I'm going to stack that thing beautifully. I'm going to go chocolate, vanilla, chocolate, vanilla one week. Maybe I'll change it up the next week. Like take pride in the small things that you're doing. And just know that you have to find little bits of joy within your day, even though you're doing quote unquote grunt work. Even if that's mop, like when I was at Mike Boyle's and I was mopping, we would put on, I don't know, we'd put on like Motown or something. I would do some kind of dance, make sure my mopping is going to be way better than that guy's mopping. And I would just take that into my next, my next job and be like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to find little bits of joy, you know, in the small things that I'm doing. And then the big thing should take care of itself. Um, that that's what helped me get through. So I, I hope that's that long-winded advice hopefully helps somebody. We'll be right back. The GymWire Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does GymWire do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at GymAware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the GymAware team directly. No, yeah, that, that's great. And I, it's always good to, like you said, maintain that mentality. It's like, no matter what I'm doing, I might as well do really good at it and be the best at it. And I think that's important advice. And it's hard to do. And there, and there's times like I wear a rubber band sometimes when I first started and I would, I would snap it when I would start to get really negative. Like, man, this is brutal. Like, like everybody's gone. I still got to, I still got to go upstairs to grab the shakes. I got to come down, put them away. So, I mean, that's, I think, and just being realistic with yourself and knowing like, it's okay to have an off day, but you can't show it. You might need to like snap yourself out of me. Like, you know what, this is what I want to do. 
And I just have to trust the process that I put myself in and know that down the line, this little tiny thing that I do is going to pay off for later. And it might take a year. It might take two years. I mean, it, I interned until I was like 28 or 27. So, I mean, and I know I was listening to Carlos Daniel, like he went back and got his, he's getting his PhD now and he has two kids. Like we just got a dog and I'm coming home and I'm like, man, I have so many programs to write. And I got to walk this dog. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so I give props, to, I give props to him for doing that. Like that's not easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dog giving you a shout out there too. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. No, no, definitely not. It's no, I mean, it, it's, it is exactly that. Like, Hey, it's okay to have a, an off day, but better be ready you know, always bring in and understand that. And I think it's, it's good for all the listeners and all of our coaches listening in on it. Cause you know, we're going through the same thing as you. And it's a, sometimes it's always good to hear like, all right, if, 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 if these coaches are going through it, you know, it's okay to be human, but you know, we got to keep, keep moving forward. And I think that's great to hear. And, you know, what's the kind of culture you try to establish with your athletes. So you, you, You've shown us now that you have good, good communication with sports medicine and you're always very hungry and humble, but what's that, what's your culture that you're trying to establish with, with your team when the basketball team walks into that weight room? I mean, first, I mean, first off for me, uh, it's educating. Like, uh, the, the cool thing is, is, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of strength coaches. Um, when one of your student athletes, whether it's my, one of my men's basketball players or somebody else, they asked me, Hey, how did you get into this profession? Like, I, I, I want to learn how to do that. That that's a huge compliment to like, cause we are educators. And I know, I think coach Engelhardt said that and, and coach Daniel said that as well. Like we are educators. So, and both my parents were teachers. So if I can educate and, you know, get, get the student athletes to understand why we're doing what and why it's important for their individual performance like that's the first bit of culture that I want to put in is knowing that everything that we're doing, you know, has a purpose from how we, how we warm up to our first block to our second block. And, and, you know, I like, I'm like, when the first, the first day with any team, I said, if you guys don't ask me questions about what we're doing, whether it's something silly, like it could even be a tricep extension or this particular bridge variation that we're doing. And you don't ask me why, I'm not doing my job properly. So I, I really want to, you know, breed a culture of education and giving these, giving these student athletes, uh, you know, stuff to, you know, that stuff, but like things, things to do when they finish. Cause once they finish, they go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I'm done. Like, I want, I want them to be able to, you know what, I have enough programs for me that you've sent me and I know kind of how to structure things um, when I graduate. So that, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, is I tell everybody, I'm going to treat, even though you are, might be an 18 year old freshman, I'm going to treat you as an adult until you give me a reason not to. And I know that there is some gray area in that. Um, and I'm not very, you know, militaristic on certain things. Like, I, and I think that's just because my personality was so boisterous as, as a kid. And I had so many coaches tell me, I don't think you're serious enough. I don't think you want to win. I don't think you care enough when that was just who I was. So you know, I tell, I tell my student athletes, like, I want you to be yourself, but if, when it's time, when it's time to get something done that's serious for you individually, or for the team, then we got to go. Um, and, and I think the, the third thing is, is just a family atmosphere. Like we have a, a brand new men's basketball coach, coach Johnson, uh, who came from Marquette and he is so big on the family atmosphere and it really bleeds into the weight room. Like 
you know, we've, I, you know, when it, there, because of COVID and not everybody was able to come here in the summertime, you know, we, we had to find ways to get our guys fed. Um, so we had a nutritionist uh, come in and help us kind of figure out what certain areas we would, we would be able to get food that were prepackaged. So we had about six or seven guys that were here over the summertime and, you know, they had to come pick up the food from my house. And luckily my wife and I were able to get a house that's really close to campus. Um, so they would come pick up their snacks and they felt comfortable enough to come inside. And, you know, we redid our house. So they asked questions about that. Um, you know, they've all met the dog. So it's, it, we really bleed a, fa- a breed a family atmosphere. And, you know, when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious. But like, I, I want to be able to have these guys be educated I do want them to have fun because the weight room is inherently a place that we're going to apply stress to you. And not everybody's coming to college to just lift their point. They're going to come in a hoop. They're coming to play their sport. So if I can get these guys or these, or these girls to love being in our weight room, because it's a comfortable space or it's a space where they can escape from school, their social life and know, Hey, this is an hour that I have to work on myself. And I know that, that Jordan will give that to me then I'm doing my job. Like I want people to, to be like, man, I'm, I'm sad that we got weights canceled today. Um, like, can we make it up? Like I get that a lot when, you know, school finals, social life. Like we have, I have, I want kids to be able to reach out to me and feel comfortable knowing that I have their best interests in mind. And the weight room is a place that is somewhere that they can learn. They can learn the why of what we're doing and that it's a fun, it's a fun space to be in. And also it's a place where we can get to work and work on themselves because we all know that confidence does can come from the weight room as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's, it's, it's great that you try to instill that ed- education. We are educators and you're coming from a family of educators. And I think it's, you nailed it on the head. And I think it's always a good thing to have that in the weight room. Now, you know, if you could pick up the phone and call Jordan Alcantad from seven years ago, what would you tell him? I would just tell him to relax and just take a deep breath and knowing that all the books you're reading are going to pay off at some point. Because <laughs> we, we, all, we all see people getting jobs and, and, you know, I would call my and I thought about that question because I heard you ask it on other interviews. And I think the first thing, you know, first thing in mind was just take a deep breath, man just take a deep breath. Like everything is going to be fine. Like there's a reason why you chose this and just, just stay the course and know that it's not going to happen overnight. Nice. Now that great advice. Always just just relax. It's going to happen. And and all that, all that hard work you put in is going to pay off eventually. I think that's, that's awesome. Now it's like my dad told me, if you're good, they'll find you. doesn't matter if you play D2, D3, if you're good, they'll find you. So, I mean, I think I don't know if Tim Karen said it or if if Coach Daniel said it or Coach Engelhart. Like if you treat every like an interview and you kind of have that intern mindset, like somebody you're gonna make an impression on somebody whether you know it or not. And I, I forgot who said it, but you know whether it's the custodial staff or administration, like like your presence is going. If you're if you want to make your presence felt, like you need to make sure that you are kind to everybody. And it's not it doesn't cost any money. There's no skill in being kind. And again, if you're kind and you're good at what you do and you care, someone's going to find you, give you a chance to, to be successful somewhere else. Yeah, that's no skill in being kind. That's It's uh, overlooked a lot. And I think that's a, a very, very important thing is just be nice to everybody. You never know who's going to be the next person trying to hire you. And 
could be that one person you were nice to that one day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. And and what's next for coach Alcantad? What's, what's something you're looking forward to in the next year? Well, our, our, our weight room is getting a whole new facelift. So hopefully we can get back inside. We've, we've been out, we've been outside training, um, since July. So hopefully getting back in there, um, I know we're getting a bunch of new equipment. I think we're getting outfitted by, I forget which one it is. So I won't even say the name, but I mean, I love the Tendo units. So I want to keep playing around with the Tendo unit um, and, and just continue to work on, on the program that our physical therapist and I have been putting together for our return to play protocols and just integrating, you know, what I do and what he does uh, to better, not only our basketball players, but just everybody else at our school. So I would say getting back in the weight room, getting back to using my Tendo units, <laughs> and then just continuing our, our little project of our uh, physical therapy performance uh, return to play protocols. No, that's awesome. And and the PT, actually, you guys are working together to create that. Yeah, him and I, him and I are very close. Uh, we 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 got lucky enough to go to uh, to Australia a few years ago on a foreign trip, and we got to meet Dr. Jill Cook, who's a PT and researcher. Um, so we got to sit down with her for like two hours and, and from then on, it's just him and I just been brainstorming. He lives in, in, in Venice and I live in Westchester, so we're pretty close. So we'll, we'll meet up occasionally social distancing, obviously, and, and continue to brainstorm on that. And just how do we, how do we take what we need these guys to do that are coming back from a specific injury, um, or even just a healthy athlete that we need to get better at being more elastic or how we can look forward and, you know, not completely prevent something, but just give them an opportunity to continue their career, knock on wood, injury free. Um, he, he's incredible. He is, I mean, he is just like, he, he wants to be in the weight room. Like he, he doesn't like to be, you know, in his own area. So he tries to bring people over to our space as much as we can. And, and he's, he's a sponge too. And he's been all over the place. Um, and just working with him has made me a better strength coach as well. No, I think that's, that's great that you have a great, um, relationship with your 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 PT and as far as your input go is it kind of you know hey maybe you have an ACL here's what's expecting here's what the PT's looking for and here's what you're looking for is it kind of like look whatever you need help with I'm, I'm here to, here to go about it. like how, how how are you contributing yeah. to that yeah I mean I try to get in as quickly as I possibly can post-op with the the student athlete whether you know with whatever injury it is and then from then on, like I start to brainstorm, like, Hey, Chris, um, you know, at what point of his rehab, are we going to be able to get off? Because he wants to get his, his guys off the table as quickly as possible. So I might even get in there pretty early on in the phase just to give him ideas on, you know, what I would want to do if he was healthy. So, you know, him and I are, are, you know, if we have an ACL, like I might be getting in there as early as four months, you know, just to start to kind of brainstorm with him about certain things. And then, once we get, you know, let's say ACL to an eighth or nine month point, you know, if we, let's say it's a basketball player, like we're up in our practice on our practice court, you know, we're doing him and I are going over plyos um, and it, it we'll call it sports specific, but it's just kind of like specific of what he's looking for. Like, Hey, this might happen in a game. What do you got? And we might just make something up on the spot. So like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much in there for a pretty good majority of the time. And then at, at some point he's like, just go, go. Like I got somebody else coming, like, you know what to do, do, do the program, go. And like, I think he's like, I want you to hit one or two things. You got the other, you got the other six or seven. It's on you. 
Um, and that also then translates into the weight room. And, and there's, you know, it's, it's human nature to be nervous going back in the weight room after an injury. So if I'm spending a lot of time with that athlete and that PT and the three of us are speaking the same language, I mean, then that, that athlete can just progress even quicker. And that there's no science, there's no science behind that. There's no research. It's just what we've seen over the last few years of, of just a mental confidence builder. Um, and the, and the pain science does come into play too. Like, you know, Chris is big on the pain science. So I make sure I'm in there with him as much as I possibly can, because if someone is afraid of, you know, knee dominant movements, squatting, Oh, I don't want to do that. It's like, Hey man, like, what did we just talk about yesterday in our session with, with the PT present to make sure there is some, some clout and some backing into, you know, what I'm trying to say, because again, that's not my realm. So I don't want to cross over my realm if it's not, you know, legally what I'm supposed to say, because I don't want to lead somebody in the wrong direction. So I do spend a lot of time over there to make sure, Hey, I bring the program over. I say, Hey, athlete X, here's what we got tomorrow. Hey, Chris, what do you got? Love it. Please do that. Make sure you add extra for this particular leg. So, you know, him and I are at a point where him and I can just look at each other and it's, we're good to go on what the programming is. So to answer your question, I guess more brief where I'm, I'm in there a lot. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's great. And that's really good to hear. Yeah. That kind of working relationship with the, the sports medicine and, and physical therapist. Cause you know, it's good that you guys trust each other to the point where like, Hey, you know what you're doing, go handle it. And, and like, like you said, I think it's important for the athlete post-op to see you and know how you're going to run things. And that way, when they do get the all clear to go, it's nothing new or it's nothing scary. It's, it's like, get to work and you'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, I mean, everything as, as Chris would say, everything's going to be fine. You'll be fine. You know, you have like, he, he's, he wants to get people out of the, I need to stretch to feel better mentality. It's like, you need to get stronger. So the fact that he is speaking my language and he has actual science and research to back that up, it's like, Hey man, like you've got no excuse to hide from doing certain things just because you think it's not safe for you. Your physical therapist that you've been with for six months is telling you that you need to strengthen that particular area to make sure that you don't got to deal with it later. So it's, it's not, it's nice to hear. And then the, the student athletes like, dang, you're right. Like you're right. And they'll, they'll, you, you get it. Like sometimes they'll fight with you. I don't want to do that today. I know, but like, what did we just talk about a week ago? Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I bet. So the fact that the, the student athlete can be humble enough to be like, I was just trying to fight you because I don't want to do it, but I know I need to do it. Like if I can continue to teach that and the student athlete knows, like, I don't want to do that, even though I know I should. That's, that's educating right there for me. That's like, that's them self-realizing, Hey, not that I need to be right, but like, no, like you need to know this for later because then I, I'm not a mind reader. So I need to be able to help you and you know, your body better than I do. I might know the anatomy a little bit better, but like, if you feel something, let's address it and move on from there and know that you can't really hide from myself, the ETC and the PT, because we are all on the same page. We're, we're two weeks ahead of you, man. Like we already knew this might come. <laughs> we already talked about it. You can't hide. Dang. Okay, cool. <laughs> so that communication just helps. Yeah, no, great communication. Like you said, and you're going back to your education and trying to keep a, a environment of education, which is, is great. And uh, what is a good 
you know, social media or how would you want our listeners to reach out to you if they have any, you know, follow up questions or just want to see what you got going on there? Yeah. I mean, I'm not super, super active on social media as far as like a strength conditioning aspect, like every now and then, but, uh, my Instagram handle is just Jordan Alcantara or Alcantara, just all lowercase. Uh, and then honestly my email, like I'll get back to on email or even a text. Like I'm totally cool with, you know, people texting me, like I'm, I'm all for that. So text, I think, I don't know if my number will be on, on the podcast or anything like that, but, or you can just message me on Instagram, but Instagram is probably the easiest way. If you want to get a hold of me, just a message is fine. And we can go from there. No, awesome. And, and, you know, I want to say thank you for being on the podcast. You, you provided a, a ton of great information and, it would would seem like a short amount of time, but it's you know you it, you you provided a lot, and I think it's it's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear that you try to maintain the education side of things, and then also that you're you've integrated sports medicine with the sports performance side of things, and it's 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 always better for the athlete, and I think it's better for your working environment when you know you can trust each other and not stress about it versus. You know, you got that, you've been, you've probably seen it a few times in the relationship where you're like, man, I don't want to go talk to the trainer right now, or, or here comes the trainer. They're going to come tell me something that I shouldn't be doing versus, you know, like, like, let's work together. Let's make it happen. And just get these athletes back on the field. Yeah. And it's fun to learn. Like we all love to learn. So, I mean, this is an area that all of us, you know, myself included still, like I like to learn those things because that's not my strong suit. So you know, and it's, again, it's all to better the athlete. And then it just makes it more fun to, to be smart in those areas that you're not really technically supposed to be completely in tune with. So just, we all want to keep learning. So that's a great way to start. And I think if you come into a meeting like that with a trainer and the learning mindset, like that might maybe might put a guard down and allow the relationship to be even better over the, over the long run. Yeah, absolutely not. And, and thank you. And, and good luck with your, your season and everything you got going on and, and the spring coming up. I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun one. I appreciate it, coach. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, 
Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.